Gracious, good day to you. Once again, welcome to Fusebox. This is show number 19, Microcrimes. I'm your host, Mark Rose, and thank you once again for pushing play on this excursion into the underbelly of entertainment. You know, uh. <laughs> Been a little busy around here. Huh? Yes, it has. <laughs> Yes, it has, and I'm very, very happy about that. Um, well, I'm overjoyed. Oh, good. I'm glad we can do Yeah, things have kind of shifted now. I think the, the activity cycle is, is kind of under full swing, and so, you know, we're benefiting from people coming back to the fold and, you know, actually providing work and all that stuff. So, I don't know what that was, front part of the year. Don't know, but... Uh, very glad it's now, at least for the moment, seemingly, and this veil of reality seems to be over. You know, uh, the other day, I was doing that thing probably many of us do, whether it's a Spotify or a Pandora or whatever the heck it is, uh, you know, listening to some streaming music stuff, and uh, a selection came up. <laughs> wow, man, you're ahead of me. That ain't that ain't right. You don't even see this script. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, yes, something came up, and it's chiming away in the background there. There's a gentleman in the jazz world. By the way, all of this does have a reason for being, and it will all make sense soon. Um, there's a guy in the jazz world who was extremely uh, popular there, probably in the 60s and early 70s, by the name of Eddie Harris. And we're listening to a selection by Eddie in the background here called Sham Time. I think this is on an album called... The Electrifying Eddie Harris. Yeah, okay. Uh, Eddie had an interesting um, take on on jazz and uh, wanted to explore some areas that had not been, well, hadn't been explored the same way. Uh, At least hadn't been explored electronically. And Eddie's a saxophone player, or was a saxophone player, a great one just had this notion in the back of his head that he wanted to do something to the horn that kind of set it off, Did spoke uh, in a different way or took uh, music in a different direction. And so he came across this uh, crazy analog device that, well, what it really did was it, 
split the octave of the horn he was playing into either an octave below the note or an octave above. And if he was really careful with it, he could probably get intervals in between, but that would cause some dissonances and stuff if you really didn't have your chops together. Because this isn't digital. This was an analog circuit that created that rather interesting sound on his saxophone there. But during this time, this would have been the 60s that he was introducing this, I want to say the thing was called a Sonavox or something, but yeah, don't quote me. During this time, he met with the most ungrateful plethora of dissatisfaction from the jazz purists that you could possibly imagine. He was considered a jazz pariah for many, many years as a result of this experimentation. And understand, you know, uh, saxophone players like Rassan Roland Kirk attempted a similar thing, but they didn't use any electronics. Uh, Rassan just played three instruments at one time. He was coming at it from a kind of different way. This particular thing really created a rift for Eddie Harris, and for years, I I won't say that he had a chip, but he certainly couldn't be blamed for having it, since the entire jazz community, or at least the uh, cognoscenti of the jazz community, really has shunned him, you know, just, we don't know what that is, That's that's not music, you know, and I seem to recall that Miles Davis had this experience, and and speaking of Miles Davis, Eddie Harris wrote a rather, a very famous track for Miles Davis called Freedom Jazz Dance, and, uh, you know, he got some serious notoriety for all of this. Even, even George Harrison was a big fan of Eddie Harris and used him on a couple of things, and later in his life, he would work with people like, later in, in time, John Schofield, guitarist from uh, the New York area there, who uh, put him on one of his albums, and it was great because it was one of the last albums Eddie Harris ever did. But here's this guy that creates this idea that instantly starts this almost war between the fundamentalists and the experimenters. And hereby is where we start establishing the microcrime. And what I mean by that, really, folks, is that people can espouse a series of ideas. They can even tell you that a particular thing is a thing, and then later we all discover that that's really a lie. And they're little things. They're little crimes. They're little lies. They're tiny criminals. And that's the kind of stuff that happens quite frequently, and by the way, is happening right now. And uh, Mr. Harris here is not alone in his unfortunate battle with fundamentalism. And I want to extend that a little bit. I want to extend that into the world that fundamentalism at any point, in anything, any intractable idea, is basically going to be changed, whether by people that oppose it or by nature itself. And that kind of thing sent me off on a bunch of ideas set your short hairs on fire <laughs> uh, yeah it did actually it did kind of do. i um and you got and i know but you actually like yeah, it yeah 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 i dig them a lot yeah i mean because you know it's got a it's very groove based and stuff i know you don't like all the don't dig that uh, loft jazz scene I'm yeah i know you don't like all that stuff but that's that's fine Everybody's got their place. I And I don't really care. It really wouldn't matter what Eddie Harris played or what kind of music he did. To me, it wasn't really, it, it wasn't about that. It was really about the idea of opposition. 
and that that in some way this opposition is inhibiting a form and uh, what that did to a person. So that was that was interesting. And along the same lines, and I, I, I swear this has more than a tangential relationship, a good buddy of mine, Kevin Cook, who has uh, been featured on this show uh, on a couple of uh, occasions doing uh, bits for us. He's also a voice talent in, uh, in Portland here. Kevin sent me a link to a lecture that a scientist by the name of Robert Lanza did at, um, I don't remember exactly where the site is, but there is, the, uh, there is a link in the show notes that will link to this video. And I've excerpted a little bit of it because um, I want you to hear this. <laughs> this really plays into what we're talking about today. And Robert Lanza has been called by the New York Times as one of the three most important scientists of our day. Now, this guy, he kind of rips apart the very nature of what we think is going on here, folks, with reality itself. He's postulating some theories regarding something known as biocentrism. Now, before it starts to feel like we're going to have an hour-long discussion of quantum physics, nah, I'm not going there. But I will tell you this, this little clip is quite fascinating because you got to understand that Robert Lanza was one of these people that had postulated a lot of theories without any credit first. And so he had to go and get all of these like degrees <laughs> things to be able to sit there and then address his colleagues in a, in a way that they would take him seriously because the concepts he's talking about really rattle the foundations of reality. Here's Robert Lanza. The universe, indeed, uh, all the laws of nature themselves just suddenly popped out of nothing one day for no, no apparent reason. Uh, and we call this titanic event uh, the Big Bang. And we don't even begin to understand the Big Bang even though we, we keep, keep tinkering with all the, uh, uh, the, the different parameters in expansion, for, in for instance. But again, the Big Bang we all know is really uh, not an explanation at all. At some point, virtually everyone has thought, this doesn't really work, this doesn't really explain anything fundamentally, not really. So when it comes right down to it, science is amazingly good at figuring out how the pots work. But what eludes us is the big picture. We create these exquisite technologies from our ever-expanding knowledge of the physical processes. We do badly in just one area, which unfortunately encompasses all bottom-line issues. And that is, what is the nature of this thing we call reality, this universe as a whole? In any honest summary of the current state of explaining the universe as a whole, it's a swamp. In this Everglade is one where alligators of, of common sense have to be evaded at every turn. So some scientists insist that the theory of everything is just around the corner and that we'll eventually know everything and any day now. And this isn't going to happen, and it, and it hasn't happened for a reason. And that is, is because we've shunted a very critical component out of our view. And that component, of course, is, is consciousness. And it's not just a small item. It's, it's not like anything else. Indeed, it's nothing like anything else. Consciousness is awareness. It's perception. And in an utter mystery, we think we, it somehow just arises from goo. So how did inert random bits of carbon ever morph into that Chinese guy who always wins the, the hot dog eating contest? So, so in short, the, the attempt to, to explain the universe, its origins, its parameters, and what's really going on requires us to understand how the observer, us, how our presence plays a role. 
So at first this may seem impossible, since much of consciousness still is mysterious. But as we shall see, we can use what we know and what we are increasingly learning to formulate models of the universe that make more sense for the first time. So undeniably, it's the biological creature that makes the observations that creates the theories. And our entire education system, indeed the construction of language itself, revolves around that bottom line mindset that assumes there's a separate universe out there, which each of us individually arrives at on a very temporary basis. It's further assumed that we accurately perceive this external pre-existing reality, and we play little or no role in, in, in its, in its uh, appearance. However, starting in the 1920s, the results of experiments have started to show just the opposite. So the observer, it turns out, critically influences the outcome. An electron, again, as I mentioned earlier, can be both a particle and a wave. But how, and more importantly, where that particle will be located, depends on the actual act of observation itself. And again, this is very most famously uh, illustrated in the two-hole experiment, which has been performed so many times in so many variations that has conclusively been proven that if you watch a subatomic particle or a bit of light pass through two slits in a barrier, it will behave like a particle. And it creates these solid-looking hits on a barrier uh, that the physicists can measure. And so like a bullet, it goes through one hole. But again, if you don't observe its tra trajectory, the particle then exhibits the behavior of a wave and, is a, and can go through more than one hole at the same time. And since then, the, the list of paradoxes and intractable problems has continued to grow, starting with those accompanying the Big Bang. For instance, how could the entire universe just arise out of nothingness? So, I mean, this is some great stuff. This is some real ear food right here. And uh, thanks to Kevin for sending me this clip because it's, uh, it's actually about 18 minutes long. Actually, there's two parts of it, so it's probably close to an hour, you know, by the time you get through all this. But um, I, I, I check it out. He, he says some amazing things. And uh, uh, standing on the edge there, folks, he's, he's, I, I'm sure there are other colleagues in his camp, but man, that's a, that's a lonely place to be sitting right now. Although concepts like this are becoming more and more common. And I, I find that interesting. And, and also just the, the, the notion of clinging to things. Even in nature, it's sort of against the natural flow. I mean, things have a way of moving endlessly outward, ever expanding. So if we're clinging to old methods and uh, things like that, it's, it's, a, it's just an energy that will, by time, be met with an equal and opposite energy that will encourage outward movement, no matter how intractable the thing seems. And I think even those physicists can agree with that one. So to resist the natural flow of adaptation, then you'll be buried by it. You know, I don't know. I like to think my morning bagel is really a bagel, and not some three-eyed, tentacled wolverine or something <laughs> yes yes and you 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 may want to think that way the lovely and talented milk canes over there ladies and gentlemen and therefore that's exactly what you perceive see me on the other hand i would be curious as hell to see your three-eyed tentacled wolverine and imagine the merchandising potential i'm just saying you know hey call me a huckster Hey, y'all! Who out there listening wants to be an actor? 
Come on, let's see those hands. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Acting is super fun. And hey, it's a great way to meet cute boys. Hi, I'm Harper Valley, and just like you, I used to be a nobody. But now, I'm like super famous and rich, and it's because I became an actor. Now you too can be popular and super rich and famous, just like me. Now, y'all are probably thinking you don't have the talent or the body to become a big, huge, famous celebrity like me. Well, that may be true, but hey, there's only one way to find out, okay? Super! So, if you'd like to have super fun and make bunches and bunches of money by pretending to be someone you're not and hiring people to do stuff for you, well, now's your chance, okay? Super! Just send your headshot and three pairs of super cute shoes to Acting actors acting in action dot action acting backslash actor dot action dot com so that our super talented cast of actors can judge you to see if you're good enough. Super! Ladies, be sure to include your measurements. I'm Harper Valley, and I'll see you on the radio. You know, I just, I love this magazine. Um, sorry. Uh, no, no, this is uh, um, Exotic Animal Monthly. You ever heard? Exotic Animal Monthly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of it? It's not one of those uh, animal love things, right? No, it's not one of those magazines. No. This uh, this actually is about animals. <laughs> um really it's very interesting and uh uh i found on page 20 27 here i found an absolute and i didn't i didn't know anything about these things i've never heard of them which isn't surprising in a world that has billions of creatures on it but uh, i have never heard of this and there is an article by a dr raymond burroughs whoever he is, probably a veterinarian of some kind, about the, uh, and these guys are so cute that you cannot believe it. These are fallopian racing hamsters. And <laughs> It's a joke, right? No, these guys are about the, uh, about like one third the size of a Japanese pocket squirrel. And uh, they are as cute as you can get without getting arrested. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they got these like dark brown coats. And then this really cool circle and dash patterns on their sides makes them look like they have a racing stripe, I guess, you know, hence the name. I don't know. So you're not falling in love with these things. Say no. Well, uh, you really just have to, you know what? Come out here. What? Take, no. What? I'm running the tech, man. Really, just take, take a look at this. Seriously. So. You, you want me to leave the controls? No, you know what? The show will run just fine. Come on. No, really. What the hell? You see what I mean? What? Look at this. Oh, my God. No, really? What the You hell? don't like this? Are you kidding me? 
They look like Angora rabbit pellets. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, really. These, uh, they are extraordinary, right? Why can't you like normal stuff? You know, like like a like a cat or something. Oh, for crying out loud, man! Oh yeah, yeah. Get back to your booth. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, just just reading about these things, they are so small. I think you need to order them by the pound. Because uh, according to this, uh, let's see where that. According to this. Very social and like to huddle in groups of 20 or more. Oh, for God's sakes. I can see it now. We're going to be just lousy with fallopian racing hamsters. Man, if they get into my stuff... No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. No one said anything about buying anything. Just a interesting article, you know? Hey, look. Pangolin treats. Only fourteen ninety-five. I don't have a pangolin. Hey, 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 speaking of vermin, did you ever find my missing stuff? Oh, you know, I'm still not sure what happened to all that stuff. I mean, I looked around here, um, uh, and I, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, but I know you mentioned that you'd, you'd lost these capacitors and stuff, and um, they've kind of vanished, but I, I, don't, uh, I don't know about that. But here's what I do know. Just to add a little more intrigue to everything, because, you know, we want that, don't we, really? So, as I mentioned the last time we got together here, which seems like, what, a year ago? (laughs) Prior, I had this little note on my door. Obviously, a UPS delivery was attempted, and there was nobody here. See, I'm not expecting anything. Happy, well done. Run dry. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, because the yeah the financial thing has been whatever. So I, I it wasn't for me. So I don't know. You know, it was like somebody sending me a gift. <laughs> one of the one of the many listeners is sending me a time bomb. <laughs> you never know on this show. So anyway, uh, so I get this little note saying, you know, sorry, you we missed you. You know, we tried to deliver. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, uh, they came back. And the security cam got the got the thing. Here's for your edification. Here's that event. UPS. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hi. Glad we caught you today. Yeah, yeah. Heard you guys uh, left a little note the other day. And just sign right here, if you would. Sure. And oh, kind of a heavy one here. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Okay, thank you very much, and have a great day. Whoa. Thanks, I think. (laughs) So, it's heavy, man. It's really heavy. Well, Sherlock, did you open it? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't open it. I don't know, you know, I mean, it said something like Planetary Manufacturing Incorporated, and it's addressed to uh, Fuse Audio Design. Now, I... (laughs) I didn't order anything, believe me. Some esoteric stuff, but I don't know any planetary manufacturing company. I don't know what that was. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. No, I could bring it in here and we can open it up. <laughs> 
was this? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, I have no idea. Hold up. We dropped out, man. What? You didn't hear that? What do you mean? Well, I didn't. I didn't drop monitor. What are you talking? Oh, man, about? I, the, I mean, the feed just dropped out. There's a blank space in the file. You man. mean it dropped? It just dropped out? No, no, no. There was something there, just not us. Let, let, let me see. <laughs> that's 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 great. They're in the they're in the kitchen. They opened the, the refrigerator in and, and got into the ice tray. What? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're having a cocktail party. I have no idea, man. No, man. Whatever these critters are using, is it, it, it's messing with the fiber link feed to the PC. What? What, what? Do we alert the media? No. I think they've already flagged whomever. Is interfering. Oh come on! Really? I you know, look. I know you've got your 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 theories about hidden forces at work and all that, but really, they are going to give one centipede nostril hair about these two? Come on! Really? Call it what you want, man. It's just creeping me out. Well, well, I don't know. We live in a very interesting environment, you know. That's where we are. Whatever, man. It's your show. I don't know. I, I, here, how about this? Let's take a break. We'll reset, and then we'll be back. The following preview has been approved for all audiences. Rage has a new face. Twisted and misshapen. A face masking a deeper anger. A darker hate. All he ever wanted was to fit in, to belong, to be normal. But they wouldn't let him. And now, his revenge will be swift and certain. It will come in a wave of destruction. Never before seen by man nor beast. It will come in a rage of hate-filled hate and rage that rages with the white-hot heat of hot rage and hateful, raging hate. Yes, rage has a new face. Uh-oh, Timo. Timo's World. Coming soon to this network. So on the next program, we will have a wonderful excursion with Timo as he receives an item from Ikea. I'm sure you're going to be interested in that. So, dear friends, we uh, shall take our leave and try to untangle the tentacles of mystery regarding the seemingly nefarious things going around here. At least Milk thinks so. Just saying... But fear not, we shall return with more thought-provoking frivolity on the next edition of Fusebox. And 
10,000 thank yous to... You think that's enough? No, really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. You know, I still, I still feel a little light in that genuflecting department, you know? But uh, anyway, many thanks to our conspirators of comedic cacophony, Aaron Lane and Jeff Pollard. Oh, who tells me, by the way, he'd love to swap old car stories with you sometime. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm sure that can be arranged. So, once again, thank you all for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. I have been your host, Mark Rose, reminding you, please, to check out the Fusebox store located conveniently at our link page on FuseAudioDesign.com. Just click the Fusebox store link and all manners of secrets shall be. Can I see that uh, animal magazine when you're done? <laughs> sure. Absolutely, sir. As a matter of fact, you know, there's a there's a stack of them in the foyer, so just saying. So anyway, until our next cartoon. Cartoon.